You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown, joined by our fearless leader, Horns 24-7 managing editor, Taylor Estes. Taylor, how you doing? Chip, I'm doing better than the Longhorns did uh, on Saturday, I'll tell you that. How about you? Well, I think then we are, this is our instant reaction or reaction to the, uh, the game podcast that will be coming out on Sundays following games. And it sounds like I'm going to be glass half full. Maybe Taylor's going to be glass half empty or glass half shattered. We, we shall see. Or glass um, half uh, full of reality instead of just, you know, putting lipstick on a pig. Let's just or glass half <laughs> full of reality in her opinion. <laughs> All right, so this has got something for everyone. The naysayers have a buffet to feast on. The those like myself who picked Texas to win the Big Twelve title this year um, were this close to saying goodbye to the uh, the title chances this season. Amazing that that could have happened in the Big 12 opener, but that is where we were, Taylor, with, I mean, I'm writing a story that says, okay, put the Texas season uh, in the disappointment column uh, two games in when they're down by 15 with 313 left, and then Sam Ellinger, who throws an interception in the third quarter that killed his team uh, because it was almost returned for a touchdown right when the defense was struggling, and they really needed their four-year starter at quarterback to pick them up. Uh, and then the defense caves in, lets Sir Roderick Thompson run 75 yards for a touchdown after. I mean, that play was so reminiscent of Michael Crabtree getting away from Curtis Brown and Earl Thomas for the touchdown that beat Texas in 2008 because they had Sir Roderick Thompson pinned against the sideline, and somehow he, he squirts free for a 75-yard Touchdown, by the way, one of six chunk play touchdowns given up by the Texas defense. But then Sam Ellinger goes 10 of 11 passing uh, for touchdown passes to, my gosh, I can't even keep them all straight. Josh Moore, uh, two-point conversion pass to Brennan Eagles. Uh, Eagles with a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Josh Moore with a touchdown in overtime. And somehow, some way, Taylor, Texas pulls off uh, an improbable victory, maybe even more improbable than being down 12 to USC with 6.42 to go in the national championship game in, in 2005 because they're on the road. Now, it wasn't a hostile environment, but it was a strange environment. And somehow, someway, Texas gets out of there with this win, Taylor. I know. I mean, <clears throat> you know, we're watching it at, as the game is winding down. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, You've got to be kidding me. I mean, you know, I, Chip, as, as we've talked a lot on the flagship podcast, I have been kind of taking the stance of a wait and see when it comes to a lot of teams this football season um, and early season games, just because of how weird the off season has been. It's been a very unique situation for all teams. So, you know, the Big 12 was almost a laughing stock of college football in week one when they uh, returned to play because there were upset losses, Kansas State loss. Um, to Arkansas State, you know, Iowa State lost to Louisiana. 
Texas Tech barely, barely beat Houston Baptist. However, you know, it was kind of, and then people are talking about Texas being the clear contender for, you know, the Big 12 title after beating UTEP, which was one of the worst teams in college football last year. I mean, it, in my opinion, you know, I, I kind of took that wait and see approach. I didn't think that Texas would cover the spread against Texas Tech. And, but I didn't think that they would be down at the end of the game. You know, I thought that Texas would come out with a win, maybe like a 10, you know, 10 point win or something like that. Definitely not a 17 and a half point or 18 point win. Like, you know, Vegas had the odds for, but what I saw, honestly, you know, it's the Texas offense, in my opinion, the falters after halftime was so substantial and it was so reminiscent chip of how Tom Herman's offenses have been since he's come at Texas. I mean, how many, how many um, times has Texas scored uh, on the opening possession of the second half on offense? It's like few and far between over the last four years. And we saw that again. So in my opinion, it just kind of showed to me that Tom Herman is still in charge of this offense. It is not Mike Yersage's offense. And he hired him for a reason. If he believes in this guy, he's got to really take a step back and allow his coaches to do their job. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was sloppy. I mean, sloppy to say the least in the second half. And credit Texas Tech, they made adjustments on defense. They were able to sort of bottle up the the Texas running game, which was never really that good to begin with. They had some long runs in there that really padded the numbers. But then, then the Texas offense became mistake prone, and especially in the offensive line, Taylor. I mean, even on the touchdown. Uh, the final touchdown in regulation, they had to overcome a holding penalty on uh, Denzel Okafor and a false start on Derek Kerstetter. And that was after uh, those two were flagged on a previous drive that resulted in a pass to Brendan Schooler for a first down being negated because, um, you know, Denzel Okafor was holding. Sorry, he had an ineligible man downfield on the, on the touchdown drive, but a holding call where Sam ended up being sacked for a nine-yard loss, and they punted out of the end zone, and that set up uh, an easy tech short field touchdown. Mm-hmm. So the offense, while it looked good at times, obviously they missed Jake Smith again uh, two games in a row. They missed Jordan Whittington. Um, Brendan Schooler started in the slot. He played okay, but it looked like a, a, a really good touchdown catch slipped through his fingers early in the game. And, and then I thought the, the rotation on defense hurt Texas more than it may have helped them. I know I asked Tom Herman that question after the game because they were rotating B.J. Foster almost every series with either Chris Brown or Caden Stearns. Anthony Cook was rotating Chris Adamora. And remember, Chris Brown and Chris Adamora had great interceptions in this game that both led to touchdowns, but they weren't always on the field in this game. Tom Herman said, look, it was hot. We had to rotate Tech's offense. They go tempo. And and look, we expect B.J. Foster and Anthony Cook to be able to make plays. But there was Anthony Cook, you know, grabbing a face mask and shoving a player out of bounds. He could have collected two personal fouls on that play uh, late in the game. There was some, you know, some frustration expressed by the Longhorns. And, and so here's the million-dollar question, Taylor. And I asked this in my follow-up today. Was this the wake-up call Texas needed? Is this, you know, LSU had a look-over-the-cliff moment against Texas in the opener 
or not the opener, but early in the season last year when they faced third and 17, only up six. And they responded. They got out of it. They scored a touchdown. They won the game. They go on to have a, you know, one of the best seasons in, in college football history. Baylor last year should have lost to Tech in Waco. They, they escaped uh, in overtime. And Tom Herman referenced that. We'll see what kind of leadership this team is, is all about. And, and Sam Ellinger, give him credit because he was struggling mm-hmm. in the third quarter, but he got it together. And we're, this reminded me of the Iowa State game last year where he, did, he pulled off miracles. He led two double-digit, drive, double-digit play drives to help a lifeless Texas team take a 21-20 lead and then Tom Herman ran it into the pile twice. They kicked it, and Iowa State ended up kicking a game-winning field goal. This time, Ellinger had to be amazing in the passing game, and they had to trust him. And he was 10 of 11 on the, on the final two you know, touchdown drives, two-point conversion pass, and in overtime. And Texas pulls it out. And maybe now because they had those two weeks to feel good about themselves and people, you know, they go into the top 10 and then Oklahoma loses to K state. Maybe this is the wake up call that they needed with TCU coming to town next week. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point. And one thing, you know, chip with Sam Ellinger, I feel like that's what we saw from Sam Ellinger on Saturday is the difference between a veteran quarterback and a non-veteran quarterback. You know, I mean, you look at what happened to Oklahoma. You know, I think that if when you have a quarterback like Sam Ellinger, Tom Herman made a big mistake last year in the Iowa State game, I thought, taking the ball out of his hands when he had the chance to win. You know, he, he gave Sam Ellinger the chance to really, you know, put this together for Texas, and it paid off. Um, you know, with the defensive rotation, as you had mentioned that, you know, I think this is something that, it's probably a huge wake-up call for the defensive staff. You know, I bet they were feeling pretty good about themselves coming out of the UTEP game, you know, keeping UTEP out of the end zone entirely. These are coaches that haven't really coached much in the Big 12 or against Big 12 style of offenses. And I think Chris Ash probably, I would hope, had some type of reality check of, okay, this is not going to be an easy, we're going to skate through this conference to a Big 12 title because – it was, you know, Texas Tech just punched them right in the mouth, honestly. And there wasn't a lot of answers from the defense at times in the game. I mean, they, the defense did come up big, you know, with the two interceptions, as you had mentioned. There was some big plays, but a lot of times they were negated by missed tackles. You know, I mean, that was something he, uh, he talked about, Chris Ash talked about leading up to the game, how Texas didn't really have any missed tackles in the UTEP game. And all of the team graded out really well. Well, it's like, okay, well, that's the difference between UTEP and Texas Tech. I think the Texas defensive coaches have a lot of work to do. And I think we're going to see how good they truly are as well, away from the players. I mean, everybody wants to blame the coaches when teams win or when they lose, you know, and then they want to praise the players when they win. But this is coming down to, okay, so we're going to, let's, let's see what these defensive coaches are made of because Chris Ash came in here is a great defensive mind, probably one of the better defensive coordinators in the country, however, has not faced this style of offense that he's about to face over the next, what, eight games um, in the season. So this is going to be a true test, I think. This is going to show, first of all, how well these coaches can really make adjustments and the defensive staff, especially when facing these high-powered, up-tempo offenses that are all across the Big 12, 
But I think it's also going to tell us how well Tom Herman actually is as a head coach because he hand-selected each of these coaches. He, he trusted them. Well, and I'll, I'll jump in here and I'll say Alan Bowman is legit. And yeah. TJ Basher's legit. Kashawn Carter's legit. Sir Roderick Thompson's legit. And the Tech offensive line played well. I don't know that Texas is going to see an offense as, as experienced, as polished as Texas Tech's after looking at Oklahoma uh, and Spencer Rattler throwing three interceptions uh, in a loss to K-State after watching TCU's quarterback rotation downing to Max Duggan. Brock Purdy hasn't looked right. Oklahoma State looked good against West Virginia. Uh, and maybe, and that was without Spencer Sanders. When Spencer Sanders comes back, he's going to be a handful. But Alan Bowman played well. I mean, yeah. and he, he's got guys. TJ Vasher's a veteran. He's been in these games before. Kashawn Carter. So that was a, that was a true wake-up call because UTEP, terrible. Texas Tech looked terrible against Houston Baptist, and I'm sure the players watched that film and listened to Caden Stearns talk about how his brothers just had a field day against Tech's defense, and kudos to Tech. I knew they would be coaching the, the blank out of their players on defense after that embarrassing game against Houston Baptist where they looked like they hadn't even practiced, and they played better. Um, I just think I, I look at a guy like Sam Ellinger, and I, and I look at Tom Herman's reaction after this game. He looked like a guy who, who found out you know, that he had a bad medical test and then found out that it was like a negative and you're, you're really okay. And, oh, okay. Thank you, doc. You know? Uh, and he was talking about how Sam Ellinger said they left us too much time and we're going to go score and tie this thing up and win it in overtime. And he said, I believed them and they needed Sam Ellinger. They needed their Heisman trophy candidate to play like a Heisman trophy candidate. And when he asked Brennan Eagles on the two-point conversion, which they had to have to force overtime, he said, you want a fade or a slant? And Eagles said, I want a slant. And Ellinger said, okay, it'll be on your numbers. And it was. They convert the two-point conversion, a play they ran against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, tied the thing up, and then Cameron Dicker and Malcolm Epps, the two unsung heroes in this for Texas, I mean, Dicker gets that big bounce on the, on the second bounce, uh, goes through a Tech player's hands. Malcolm Epps grabs it. Ellinger finishes it off. Josh Moore, Brennan Eagles uh, came through huge on a day where they didn't have Jake Smith or Jordan Whittington. My biggest concern, Taylor, going out of this game is the offensive line because um, Texas Tech has some new guys up front. They lost Broderick Washington from last year's team and they had some rotation going on at the linebacker position after losing Jordan Brooks, the first round draft pick of the Seattle Seahawks and no Douglas Coleman at safety who had eight interceptions to lead the big 12 last year. This offensive line, I keep waiting for it to impose its will, but look, it's tough for Derek Kerstetter who's six, five to it's a big adjustment from tackle to center. It's hard for him, a big guy like that, to get low. Typically, you like centers around 6'3", you know, 6'5". They've talked about how long his arms are and how Sam has to move his hands back a little bit to take the snap. And look, the right side, Denzel Okafor with those big penalties late and, and Christian Jones, that was 
there was some concern there and, and they got to figure this out. Uh, is Jake majors ready to move in at center and move Kerstetter back out to tackle is Isaiah Hookfin and look, junior Angelow struggled some in this game. So is Isaiah Hookfin going to get a look this week because we expect this offense to, to be pretty darn good. And, and I'm worried about Bajan Robinson. I mean, that hit he took where he tried to hurdle the guy and ended up landing on, you know, getting his back bent over. He looked like a gymnast. He looked like something out of Cirque du Soleil. And that's why who you didn't your cringe feet. when they saw that? Yep, that's why coaches tell you to sit, always stay on your feet, you know? Yeah. It looks great on the highlight, highlight reel if it works, but if you get hit and you're in the air. You're doing a flip. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, we got to see how he is uh, on Monday. But uh, Taylor, closing thoughts on this. You know, I just think to kind of go on what you had said, you know, that Texas Tech is better, you know, and there looked like there was a lot of issues in the Big 12 play. I mean, what were we talking about Texas Tech going into this game? How they barely escaped Houston Baptist, how, you know. But the all offense of was good, and the run defense was good for Tech in that game. The off, I mean, if you look at the stat sheet, sure, but like Alan Bowman threw a horrible interception to Houston Baptist in that game. I mean, a horrible one. So, I mean, we're talking about, you. I don't think, I think it's too premature to sit there and say that Texas Tech is going to be one of the best you know, teams that Texas is going to face down the stretch or that they didn't no, 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 but their issues. offense is capable. Their offense is capable. There is. Yeah, but I, I'm not trying, I'm not counting out any other offense in the Big 12 at this point. You know, I don't care what they look like this week. I think that the Texas Tech performance against Texas shows you shouldn't count it out after a, a down performance because of what happened from, you know, Houston Baptist to now the Texas game. But I think right now, you know, Chip, I think the offensive line, as you mentioned, is a huge concern. The fact that Denzel Okafor, when the game is kind of on the line at that point, you know, has multiple penalties. He's a fifth years player. That's that's inexcusable. You know, that type of stuff. You can't when you have this much experience on a team, you if you're truly elite, you don't beat yourself. And penalties are ways that you beat yourself. So that stuff that absolutely has to be corrected. You know, I think that we're going to see truly what the leadership is on this team and how they handle the next week. Cause I think a lot of people are going to be questioning what the heck is going on with Texas. This is supposed to be a big 12 contender, possibly a college football playoff contender. So Texas is going to really have to step it up in the leadership department. Sam Ellinger did that at the end of the game and he deserves all of the credit in the world for that, for that. Now we're going to see, I think, where his leadership, where this team's leadership is off the field, away from, you know, when they're playing a game. And I think we're going to see a true test of that when Texas plays TCU um, this upcoming Saturday. No doubt. Coaches are going to be able to coach this week like they lost the game. And Mac Brown always said, uh, those, are the, those are the kind of games I love when we win, even if we didn't look pretty, uh, we can coach them hard the following week. Uh, Texas will take on TCU at 11 a.m. on Saturday, and we will have all kinds of coverage for you coming this week, including the flagship podcast on Wednesday and the flagship podcast preview of the TCU game on Thursday. All right, everybody, let that uh, let that one sink in. It's uh, <laughs> that was one hell of a ride uh, on Saturday night in Lubbock. Uh, For Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. This has been the flagship podcast reaction. Uh, Everybody stay safe and keep the faith. Thanks for listening.